Hey guys, this is Joe. All I need is some tasty waves, a cool buzz, and I'm fine. What's up, everybody? It's Eric. How about a meatball sandwich, medium Coke, and your phone number? Is this necessary? That was my skull. I'm so wasted. Is this proper? What is it that gets inside your heads? Uh. Is this educational? No, but it sure is fun. Hey, bud, let's party. See Fast Times at Ridgemont High, where only the rules get busted. Rated R. Starts Friday, August 20th at theaters near area. Check newspapers for showtime. You're listening to Worth a Leafy, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch a movie that they may have recommended at one time and see if they think the film would still be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again even if it meant paying a late fee. How you doing, Joe? Not bad, Eric. How are you? I'm good. I got vaccinated. I know. I was, that's my first time I made note of. So how are you yeah. feeling? How are you feeling I after? feel great. Good. I feel great. Uh, so Joe and I live in Massachusetts. And uh, to give the like, long story short version, um, one of our neighbors, he works a job where he kind of qualifies for the vaccine. And he sent us a link the other day and he was like, Hey, um, you know, you guys should check this out, blah, blah, blah. I think you might be able to sign up, but my wife and I looked at it and we were like, no, I, I, we don't qualify. And I, I told Bree, my wife, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to cut the line. It, it, it's just bad karma. And you know, I'm like, I'm not doing that. We don't qualify. We'll wait our turn, especially since they had told us that we were going to be able to sign up in a couple weeks anyway. So I was like, no, don't worry about it. And then he texted my wife on Friday. And he said, hey, you guys do what you want, but I'm here at the clinic. It was like three o'clock or whatever. And he said, and they said, I told them about you guys. And they said that they have shots that they're trying to get rid of. If you guys can make it here by 3.30, they don't care that you don't qualify. They don't, whatever. They just want to use the, they don't want these to go to waste. And Bree came upstairs and asked because we're working from home. She was like, what do you think? And I was like, I think get in the car. <laughs> so we, we ran down. I, I texted my boss. I said, hey, I have this opportunity. I'll, I'll be back in a half hour. And I was. From, from the minute I left, from the minute Bree got the text to me being back at my desk after being vaccinated, including everything, it was like 35 minutes. And 15 of those minutes was the 15 minutes that they make you wait um, after you get the shot to make sure you don't have like a bad reaction. So it's I, and we got the Johnson and Johnson one, so it's a one shot deal, and 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 we're done. And um, I know I know that I've seen stuff recently about how numbers are like kind of ticking up a little bit again, and people are taking it a little too lightly and whatever. But it just feels good, man. To it does. I got my vaccine. My parents are vaccinated. Bree's parents are vaccinated. So yeah. I, I love people forget too that they have to wait like fifteen days for like to for it to like to take full effect. Of like once they're shot, they still have to like kind of make sure they're you know, sing away right. from the people and, you know, following the same rules that we did all year long. Well, and, and like, the, and this is coming up and not to, we don't, we don't turn this into a vaccine podcast, but you know, this is coming up with like large events, whether it's like sporting events or right. concerts or whatever. If you have the vaccine where you're 95% protected, if you go into a building with 2000 people and not a lot of them are vaccinated, if you know, a hundred of the 2000 people may have COVID you're, could get exposed to that you know you, yeah. you presented you're protected most of the time but but yeah we don't have, we don't have to get into that but it, it's yeah it just feels great to be like all right i'm doing my part and yeah. I, I feel better about 
you know, seeing people and, and not putting anyone at risk. And, and you definitely, know, just, oh no, that's absolutely. My brother's got his vaccine today, actually. Oh, did you did Johnson Johnson. It was it at the, the rec center in Haverhill. Uh, the the yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yep. That's where he got his. Yeah. yeah. Um, since he was a lot, he's a lot of health issues. He went the day they have an EMT on EMT on site because he has, he's allergic to like a lot of medicines. And so they want to make sure with him, but he got his today. My father got his last week and my mother's got hers on Friday. Did they get the Johnson and Johnson one or no, he got the Johnson and Johnson one, but they're getting, he got Moderna. So he has to go for more dose. And my mother's getting Moderna on Friday. Your dad and your mom got Moderna. Yeah. Uh, she's cool. getting hers on Friday, but he's getting his second dose. Cool. I think next week. So, cool. yeah. So we are almost there. We're almost yeah, there. Exactly. Exactly. Progress. Um, I did also last night, I mentioned this in the past, I think previous podcast episode, but I bought Spring Part Ryan 4K and I watched it last night for the first time in years. And man, that movie is still incredibly powerful. I think that movie is, you know, we talk a lot about like favorite movie or best movie. And movies that have come out in my lifetime, I think Saving Private Ryan might be the greatest film um, of my lifetime. It's it's not my favorite, although I do. I mean, I mean, when I say it's not my favorite, it's not it's not the one I would want to sit down and rewatch the most like daily, but when you just the acting, everything, it's perfect. It's the perfect movie. It's a horribly, horribly sad story. And, yeah. uh, you know, true story, unfortunately, but yeah, that movie is one in a billion being out by Shakespeare in love. Yeah. That's well, we're not talking about. <laughs> Anyways, we'll, we'll move on. But if you've been, you've been watching anything else, uh, anything else good? No, I've been actually playing something. I've been playing a game called it takes two. It's a really cool take on. So this guy Joseph, he is. He's like a failed film creator, and he moves on to games because just breaking the industry is so tough. So he's like, gaming is like working enough for some creativity. Um, he's made a couple of great games, but It Takes Two is really cool. It's pretty much about this fam, this this family who's swing apart, mother and father getting a divorce, and the daughter she makes like these little toy figures out of them. And they come to life. So it's almost like high instruct the kids, but with these two parents. And the whole thing is they're trying, like, they're slowly, the girl wants them, like, to, the whole idea is to get them, like, to bond and reconcile with each other and become, like, in love again. And we're slowly making our way towards that. I'm not sure if it's going to end with, like, the happy ending or if, like, a more, you know, realistic approach in the end. But so far, yeah. it's, like, a really cool, it's something you wouldn't see in a game normally, for sure. So it's nice. like, it's like I'm watching a movie. Nice. <laughs> it's really cool. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I've been, Rewatching, I've watched a lot of movies lately just because I haven't been able to go to practice, you know, and whatever. So I watch, I've watched a few of the Spike Lee classics um, over the past week. I'll leave one of them out because I might be picking it soon. But um, I also watched, I think last week I watched Lincoln with Daniel Day Lewis. And like a lot of other Daniel Day Lewis movies, I can appreciate the acting in it. It's, he's unreal but I don't know that I would want to watch it again anytime soon. Like historically it's amazing. He's a great actor, but I was kind of like, okay, that's probably my one time watching Lincoln unless, you know, something comes up. But one movie that I watched last week, um, the remake of true grit. And, um, Oh yeah. That was the, uh, Oh my goodness. Who did that? Matt Damon. And, uh, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. So I had seen the original cause my dad loves John Wayne movies, but this is my first time seeing the remake. And, I, I actually liked it a lot. It was it was pretty good. So, but yeah, 
anyway, to get to what we're talking about today, this is um, the second pick that we're getting from uh, a, from a, a follower on Instagram, uh, same follower, but um, we're going to be watching the 1982 classic Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And to go with that, and we'll put a picture of this up on Instagram, but I'm drinking Surf uh, IPA, double IPA, which is a, a partnership between two great breweries. One is Single Cut, which I've used for a few episodes, never been disappointed. And the other one's Battery Steel in Maine, which the brewers are probably one of my top two or three favorite beers ever, Flume. So, um, and before we get into that, I have to blame, I have to apologize and then blame Joe for one thing. Last episode for the speed episode, I repeatedly called the steamed actor Dennis Hopper by the wrong name. Oh, you corrected that. You corrected that in the, in the podcast. Like, I know, I know, I know. But I was trying to, I was bothering me. Like I like lost sleep over it. And I was like, why did I do that? And really the, the short version is I typed it wrong once in my like outline and then I just kept doing it. So I was just reading off my, my notes, but I called him Dennis Hopkins. I think it was like a mixture of Dennis Hopper, his name. Anthony Hopkins. But then I also wonder if part of it was Dennis Haskin, which is Mr. Belding and it's an SNL. <laughs> but I do apologize, but I want to go on record and say that the next time I call a Hollywood legend by the wrong name, go ahead and jump and correct, jump in and correct my dumb ass the first time <laughs> I do it. So I don't do it like 45 more times. So that's that's partially your fault. But um, oh, sorry. I'll, I'll make sure I, I'll, I'll <laughs> copy and paste your audio clip from now on. It's like yeah. paste it over every time you say Hopkins or something or so just do just do your voice. So it'll be, it'll be me being like, yeah, you know, so on the train and then it'll go from my voice to you being like Dennis Hopper. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, um, so like I said, we're doing uh, fast times at Resmond high because Shane, AKA main beer, uh, main craft beer, something on Instagram, we'll we'll tag him in the post, but um, sent the recommendation and, and this is a good recommendation, I think. We're um, gonna pick this anyways. I think we talked about this in the past while picking this. So, yeah, it's definitely been one of the ones we've we've kicked around. And I think if you had most people list their ten most '80s movies or '80s classics, this would be on most of the lists. Probably it's it's earlier '80s, and that's a little bit noticeable rewatching it. But it's it's definitely a classic. And I think I may say this a few times as we talk about it, but rewatching it the biggest thing that surprised me is like no movie is more complicated than the poster more than this like you think of this when you think of fast times you think of like basically jeff spicoli aka sean penn and how he's a stoner and that's really kind of like a minor subplot in the movie it, it it's, it's a lot more serious stuff going on but yeah um what's your memory of, of fast times Honestly, it's the cover as well. I wrote that. It's the cover. I know, even when I didn't see the movie, working later on, because I, I didn't see this movie until later on, like I have with some of the films recently. So like when I worked that movie scene, I would see this cover and see all these actors who I knew now, but never at that time, obviously. And Sean Penn, Judge Reinhold, like all these characters. That poster has so much star power in the front. Then you have Cameron Crowe's name on there. Amy Hackerling's so was like, it's such a, a powerful team. So... My first memory definitely took place during the movie scene era when I first saw it, but that that post and the, and the DVD cover just sticks in the back of my head for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I don't remember the first time I saw it. I did see it a handful of times growing up, but um, but same thing. I remember rewatching it and we worked in movie scene, and I remember being blown away because at that time, you got to think this is like around when Sean Penn was doing like Mystic River and 
he was a totally different actor. So you see this and it's such a huge difference. And then not, not just on screen acting talent wise, but I think a lot of people think of Sean Penn as someone who takes himself so seriously, probably too seriously sometimes. So this is kind of different times, but I did see some notes about how on set, he was kind of showing the beginning of Sean Penn. Like he went by, he, he, he went by Jeff Spicoli on set and his like on his dressing room it said Spicoli so he was kind of starting his descent into like kind of crazy actor but um did yeah. you uh we, we talked about this a little bit the um recent table read festivals at Richmond High with uh uh Julia Roberts Shia LaBeouf um Brad Pitt and it was really I, I can't remember what the charity was was that they were raising money for but yep. Shia LaBeouf plays Spicoli, and Sean Penn was actually there, kind of looking on, laughing at the performance. Shia LaBeouf killed his Spicoli performance. So if anyone has like an, an hour and a half to kill, watch that table read, and or you can even just like watch Shia's scenes. People have combined them and put them all together because it was so like talked about after it happened. Shia LaBeouf played the perfect Spicoli. <laughs> that makes me. I think Sean Penn. Well, Sean Penn certainly he doesn't need any help. He's an extremely successful actor, but his if I, if his like public relations, you know, person, I think the world needs to see more footage of Sean Penn, the person, not the actor, like having a sense of humor and laughing at stuff. You know what I mean? Like the fact that I, I haven't seen the video yet, but you just telling me that he was able to watch that and laugh at it and not be like, Oh, he's butchering my character. Cause I wouldn't, you know what I mean? I wouldn't think of him as being able to do that. So kudos to you, Sean Penn. Um, like we said, this is one of the most, one of the biggest classics of the 80s, but do you have any stats as far as how it did um, financially in the box office? I do. So this one came out on August 13th, 1982, having a budget of $5 million, making $50 million in the box office. It was written by the great Cameron Crowe based on his book, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, A True Story, which came out in 1981. It was directed by Amy Heckerling, who directed films such as National Lampoon's European Vacation, Clueless, and Look Who's Talking. She's most recently been directing episodes of TV. Um, and Cameron Crowe himself has had quite the track record with a couple of duds as his recent films, but he went on after this to make, you know, Jerry Maguire almost famous. So uh, Rhodey's as recently TV show. So he's had a really successful career. Yeah, not a bad run. Um, as for, not financially, but critically and, and how the fans see it. This is still, you know, it's almost just as good. 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb. 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. One person, though, who is not a fan, Roger Ebert, gave the film one star and said, quote, the whole movie is a failure of taste, tone, and nerve. The waste of a good cast, uh, offensive material that hasn't been thought through or maybe even thought about. So Roger Ebert, not impressed. Uh, I actually thought it'd be higher than a 77 on Rotten Tomatoes. I should, I should have gotten a low for what I was expecting. So, You know what I think it is, though, is I, I think a lot of people like, our age are going back and reviewing it i don't think i think i'll be honest i watched this movie twice this week because i watched it once and i like liked it but i was like i feel like i'm i'm missing something a little bit and i should say the first time i watched it i was kind of a little bit distracted so i watched it twice and i think that you if you watch this movie and you don't and you just take it at like kind of surface level and you don't pay too much attention. Not the plot's complicated. I'm not trying to make it seem like it's a super in-depth movie, but there's another layer to it that I think if you 
if you give it the right attention, it's it's better than it is uh, if you're not paying attention. So, and I think that could be it. As people our age who didn't grow up with the film don't have any nostalgia for the film, like the average radar on IMDb isn't 50 years old, you know. So, um, some others you said it came out in August of ninety of eighty two. Some other film releases, uh, not the best month in film. Uh, World According to Garp, Friday the 13th, Part 3, Class of 1984, and then maybe the biggest one that month, uh, other than this, Pink Floyd, The Wall. Um, but kind of related to film, but not a movie coming out, Roger Ebert's Movie News premiered at ABC that month. Oh, cool. In that year, yeah. Um, outside of film, it was just kind of some random sports facts and a lot of negative stuff, so we're just going to skip that. Not really in the mood to talk about assassinations and the threat of nuclear war today so do you have uh do you have the back of the dvd summary i'm actually kind of interested to see it's not very good that's what i it's kind of what i thought it's a lot of characters to kind of keep track of for sure but they have a focus on stacy here so stacy hamilton is a pretty but inexperienced teen interested in dating given advice by her friend linda barrett stacy gets trapped in a love triangle with nice guy mark ratner and his more serious assured buddy mike damone Meanwhile, Stacey's classmate, Josh Spicoli, who lives for surfing and being stoned, faces off against Mr. Hand, a strict teacher who has no time for the slacker's antics. So they only focus on two characters there with that description. Yeah, well, yeah, they only focus but on it's, two. There's, there's all, but obviously, like, Stacey's the focus. I feel like the big focus here, for sure, in this right. movie. Right, and that is that is kind of one of the things about this movie, is that it's it's kind of like a, not a day in the life, but a, it's kind of an overview of Ridgemont High. And it dabbles on a few on a few stories. So um, I gotta that's say not though, the worst. I, I gotta say though, Mike Damone reminds me of this kid who Eric and I used to know. I think actually, I'm not sure if he's still talking about it. I mean, I, I haven't seen the movie, movie scene days, but this kid used to come into movie scene. He used to work there, but I never worked with him when he was employed. So he would come in like on his own time, just hang out with us and talk to us. But Mike Damone reminds me of Nick so much (laughs) i didn't see that at first because the thing about nick is what who he looks exactly like like no joke he looks exactly like lou diamond phillips he does but once joe said that i was like wow he does kind of remind me of (laughs) of damone i don't think he's as much of a dirtbag as damone is but (laughs) (laughs) i certainly hope he has that he has that cool swagger to him like he's always kind of like he's very confident he's very confident yeah, and we'll talk about that later, but it's kind of like a, a fake, a fake confidence for, De, for Demone. Not for, right. I don't know about Nick. <laughs> um, but yeah, so kind of to follow up on what you're saying, I think what makes this a little bit different from a lot of other high school movies is it's not centered around one kid. Or, I, you know, Stacy's story is probably the most, the most focus on, yeah. but it kind of checks in with a few different stories going all at once, like. Brad Hamilton, who's Reinhold's character, he's working at the burger place, plans on breaking up with his girlfriend so he can be single. That's kind of a popular story in high school movies, but then she breaks up with, with him. Um, and then his sister is Daisy. So she does the whole, like, you can kind of see how this movie's the, it's the blueprint for later high school comedies because she's going through, the, you know, she's a virgin. Uh, she works, at the, she also works at a fast food place. Um, she deals with the dirtbag older guy. And then you got Mike Damone, who's like the sleazy ticket scalper, bookie, just all around dirtbag. Tries to hook his buddy up with Stacy, but then ends up hooking up with her 
after you know his friend got kind of shy and, and all that stuff so just proves how much of a dirtbag he is and then furthermore gets her pregnant and then agrees to split this is like you see the movie he the way he handles that he, yeah. even we'll talk about it later but he agrees to, basically they agree to get an abortion and he agrees to split it with her and then he can't even do that so he's like just the biggest dirtbag ever and that's kind of like what i mean is i think he we'll talk about that later when it's like stuff we can we would oh, change he's, a, he's he's yeah he's a she he's a that's why i'm happy we never see like mark really become friends with him again like at the end like you know they talk in my face like are we still friends or whatever and then he's like he like they still make a couple like Mark kind of goes at him a couple more times, like never solidifies the fact that he fully forgives him for what he did. That bothered me a little bit though, that he, he, he was too forgiving in my, in oh, my definitely. Mind. Oh, for sure. I, I, I agree. And what bothered me even more though, was when they almost get in the fight in the locker room and um, rats like fighting stance. I was like, <laughs> if, if you're the director, <laughs> if you're Cameron Crowe, you gotta be like, listen dude you're not really fighting so i don't you don't really need to be worried about getting hit can you at least pretend that you've ever like even like punched a a wall or something like it it was so embarrassing i was like oh my god but so anyway so that's damone total dirtbag we'll we'll kind of follow elaborate on these later but and then spicoli sean penn stereotypical high school stoner pisses off his teacher crashes the football star's car covers it up barely graduates after his teacher um, kind of like gives him a crash course. But I think Spicoli actually has kind of the best view on life. He, they sell him as, as a loser stoner the whole time, but his whole thing of like, all I need is just some tasty waves and whatever. I feel like he's that guy who could work at a pizza place his entire life and really be happy. He's yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. compared to the other people. And I know we talked before, I think this is before we started recording, but one of the things that you made note of was that everyone looked way too old. Like, and like I don't Greece think... Effect. Not everyone, a few of them do. A few of them exactly. Do for sure. Well, and the, and the big one that looks way too old is Damone. And, and Definitely, yes. That, that makes it, what makes that even worse is how much, is the dirtbag maneuvers he's pulling when he looks that old. You know what I mean? Like his... Yeah. Phoebe Kate says Linda, she looks like she could be in high school, which yeah. is kind of weird for some reason. And same thing with Stacy, Jennifer Jason Lee. But um, so yeah, let's get into some of the cast members. So Jennifer Jason Lee, aka Stacy, <clears throat> this is her big break. So other movies she was involved in, uh involved with Miami Blues, Last Exit to Brooklyn, Single White Female, Shortcuts. She got a Golden Globe nomination for her work in Miss Parker and the Vicious Cycle in '94. And then later on, Road to Perdition, uh, which I really like. Uh, Margot at the wedding so pretty solid career but the 80s was this is it was tough to live up to this if this is your big break but and then Phoebe Cates one of the queens of the of the 80s one of the probably the most famous this is one of the most famous scenes in film history if you've seen the movie you know what I'm talking about but Fast Times of Ridgemont High, Gremlins, Drop Dead Fred uh, this this one um, this film in, in like I said, that one scene are pretty much what she's most well known well known for. And she's probably my favorite character in this movie and not because of that scene. Although that, that scene doesn't hurt, but it's not because of the scene. I think she's her friendship with um with Stacy is actually pretty cool. And I don't think that we get a lot of that in movies, especially high school movies, of cool girl friendships. You know what I mean? There's a lot yeah. of like 
cattiness and stuff. So she's married then, to uh, Kevin Klein. I know, I yeah. know. I was like, "At a boy, Kevin," but uh, and and I actually saw that I didn't write this down, but they met because she auditioned for the Big Chill, and she didn't get it, but they met when she was like reading for the Big Chill. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. You think, you think about that? Usually, you you think those are pretty quick events, but yeah, I saw something. Yeah, yeah. It seems yeah. to work out. Together, yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, and I love that. And I, I, especially in Hollywood marriages, it seems like Hollywood marriages usually last like, you know, three days. So the <laughs> fact that they've been together forever, I was reading something today on Denzel Washington and his wife and his, him and his wife have been together for a long time. And she's not, I think she was like a musician or like a singer or something. And she's known, but she's not a super celebrity. And I think it's so cool that, you know, it, it just makes the marriage seem so much more real not that people need my opinion on their marriage but i i, I like star- stories like that so and then brian backer aka rat um who was friends with with damone um so he had some work after the after the 80s but this is definitely the, the peak decade for him so he had fast times moving violations police academy for money pit and they also worked he had some tv work including the soap opera uh santa barbara and then uh I'll skip skip down one. We've been talking about Damone, uh, Mike Damone the whole time, played by Robert Romanus. Romanus, my least favorite part of this one. Also in the Facts of Life, Bad Medicine, Days of Our Lives, Chips, Twenty One Jump Street, a lot of a lot of '80s work, maybe some early '90s work, but but he didn't get out of that that era too well. And then Sean Penn, by far the most successful actor to come out of this one. After this, he was involved in Bad Boys, not that one, not the uh will smith and martin lawrence film but bad boys colors casualties of war state of grace which we'll probably do sometime uh carlito's way dead man walking which he got an academy award nomination for thin red line sweet and lowdown which he got an academy award nomination for i am sam which he got an academy award nomination for mystic river which he won an academy award for milk which he won another academy award for so about as successful as you can get um and I wonder if you could have gotten odds on watching this film and picking out who was going to be an Academy Award winner going forward, how many people would have picked him. But, you know, whatever. And then I'm not going to go through his whole filmography, but I just want to mention uh, Judge Reinhold. Kind of a weird character in this movie. He also looked way too old. He did. Um, which I, is, like, I liked his, like, I liked that first night that he, like, portrayed, though, in that movie. He did. He, he was a good brother. And, um, he 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 looks like my wife would tell you the same thing. He looks like a friend of mine named Matt. So now that I now that you pointed out that uh uh what's his name looks like that uh Damone looks like Nick, that whenever I see this movie again, I'm like, oh it's Matt Nick's movie. So um do you do anything down for random facts and just behind the scenes stuff? Uh just a couple of things. So Nicholas Cage lied about his age so that he could get a bigger part, but the producers eventually found out that he was only 17. We see him real quickly, if you remember, during the um, restaurant's firing yep. scene, yep. which is actually funny. In that scene, we show that we show that um, the firing scene of on a, during our actually I mentioned this on uh, during the office space episode. We have certain clips we show off for professionalism and festivals at Ridgemont High. That scene where he's yelling back at the customer, we show that as an example of what not to do. So it's like the it's it's a fun clip that. People hear the word ass, students hear the word ass, they get all excited during the clip, but it's 
I, it's a clip I use. I, I've seen that clip so many times because of those classes. But <laughs> that aside. <Classic. laughs> um, and he was credited for the, for this role. He was credited as Nicholas Coppola. Coppola. Oh, was Not, he? Oh, I, yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, but sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I only have a couple more. Um, first time director Amy Heckerling said that she was seeking to make a comedy that was less structured than conventional ones and more like American Graffiti so that if you woke up and found yourself living in the movie, you'd be happy. I want that kind of feel. And then, of course, the uh, scene that Eric was talking about before, for his masturbation scene, Judge Reinhold I know, I brought know a large say, yeah. dildo to work with. Um, unbeknownst to the rest of the cast, Phoebe Case's look of horror and disgust is very real. <laughs> yes, which is which is what, yeah, I think that's exactly what everyone would think if they weren't expecting that. So, um, yeah. Did you, did you have anything else? Nope, you're good. So one thing that I want to talk about was, so Cameron Crowe wrote this screenplay based on his book, which he was based on, he attended um, a high school and posed as a student. Undercover Cameron. <laughs> and he was 25 yes. when he did that. I'm like, how do you, I mean, you could do that, but I don't know. I, I wonder what the legal, there's so many what ifs that could happen if you're a 25 year old person pretending to be a high school student you know what I, I mean? want right, I want like what if you go through like certain ropes or like loops like to be known for like the people who need to know almost like you know districts or principals I'm not sure how on the cover you went I didn't really look too, I only looked like on the broad spread like for his book I didn't really look too into it but I'm not sure if he went deeper to like let certain people know he was doing this in the school system but I feel like the I don't know like it's the A's are different for sure definitely gonna do that this in today's day and age like security no. hours and all that but <laughs> I'm not sure like what Cameron Crowe did to be make this a little less creepy. <laughs> Man, I graduated, I graduated high school in 2003. And I remember my friend and I uh, went to go back to high school to just like see some teachers or something. And it was probably like, let's say it was 2005 or f- it was 2004, 2005. And in the time since we had left, it had switched from, because of like school shootings and whatever, it had switched from like the high school that I knew to you, you had to like go in through an office check at like a security badge and if you were seen walking around and i didn't look like when i was 18 19 i didn't look that old like i looked very much to like a high school person so it wasn't like an obvious thing but i remember we walked in and we took 10 steps before someone was like excuse me so it's just a talk about a different yeah. different time but um yeah, so that, that whole story, I, w- I would love to see a behind-the-scenes thing on that. On Like you said, were there some teachers who knew? Obviously, the principal had to know or, or someone, the superintendent. And then if there were teachers and whatever that knew, how did they not tell people? How did you not go home and talk to your wife or your husband and be like, the school's doing this really weird thing? Right, and Cameron Crowe wasn't a known writer or anything back then. So like the fact that they let this kind of note by the time just do kind this. creepy. It's kind of insane. <laughs> kind of creepy, yeah. So, um, like you said, this is Nicholas Cage's uh, first paid role. He was credited as Nicholas Coppola. He was originally considered for the role of Brad Hamilton, so Judge Reinhold's character. Um, and then also another person that was considered, considered for that role was Matthew Broderick. And he turned down the role because his father became very sick, unfortunately. I think he passed away because, because he said he became terminally ill. So I think pretty soon after this, he, he passed away. But um, as far as the character of Stacy, which ended up being uh, played by Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, Brooke Shields reportedly turned it down. Other people that were linked to it 
uh, Jodie Foster and Diane Lane auditioned for it. So I'd have to go back and look at Diane Lane. I could see young Diane Lane playing that role for sure. Oh, no, I, de- I definitely could. I just, I wonder if she could have, I'd have to see a picture of her around this time to see if she could pass for 15. Because Jennifer Jason Lee, who I think was 18 or 19 or something when this movie came out, she looks like a 15-year-old girl, which makes, like, causes them uncomfortable moments when you're, when you're re-watching it. But, um, and one thing that I, that was bothering me, and then I made it, I did some research. So I was like, why does Mike Damone, this movie's set in Southern California. Spicoli's got Spicoli's accent. Everyone else, for the most part, is relatively neutral. And then Mike Damone sounds like he's from, like, Brooklyn or something like that. He has this weird <clears throat> East Coast accent. But I guess in the original screenplay, Damone is a transfer student from South Philadelphia. So okay, they cover that in the book and in the original screenplay, but that kind of just got cut. So, it, But if you're watching it, you don't know that. You're like, this is a weird. I feel like just one little sentence of dialogue could have changed that. I made that a little bit. The fact that they cut like a, like, obviously they don't need a full backstory of that, but like just a sentence. Hey, where are you from? You know, <laughs> or 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 just like when he's scalping tickets or whatever, he can be like, you know, these tickets. You know what these tickets go for back home in Philly? Like right. just one line, and you're like, oh, okay, he's from Philly. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, and then uh, this film has three actors who later won Oscars for Best Actor. So Sean Penn, which we talked about, Forrest Whitaker who I was kind of in this movie. This is the second movie we've watched. I may know that, yes. Vision Quest being the first. Vision Quest, where, where Forrest Whitaker is like <laughs> in it, but like not really in it. You know what I mean? He's just, and then so he, he was one of them. And then uh, Nicolas Cage. And then uh, addition, the screenwriter, Cameron Crowe, also went on to win an Oscar. So, and then Jennifer Jason Lee was nominated for an Oscar. But, um, and then last one, this is included among the American Film Institute's 2000 list of the top 100 funniest American movies. What do you think about that? I think it's a great dramedy, but I don't know if I would consider it a straight-up comedy. I like that you called it a dramedy. I would consider it a straight-up comedy, but it it does have some pretty serious, like underlying. Yeah, it's it's all it's got some some heavy stuff, but. I, as far as it being top 100 comedies, it kind of depends on how, what that list, and I, I didn't do the research to look into like if they gave it, what that list was kind of what it really meant. But if you give it credit for the influence it had on other films, I would say, yeah, because it's like, this is kind of the blueprint for high school comedies after this. Every Spicoli scene made me laugh. So like, if yep. I, I guess like, so, like certain characters you have to look for certain personalities but Spicoli's scene every single one he was in I laughed at least a couple times Spicoli scenes uh Brad Judge Reinhold some of his scenes made me yep. laugh um <laughs> it's <a> firing scene <laughs> yeah. it's a great time for a piss there <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no that's and and um that was one thing I I like too is that now that I'm older and and when you watch a movie like this you one thing you appreciate is some high school movies and college movies and TV shows, you could watch three seasons of it if it's a TV show or two hours of the movie and there's no sign of anyone having a job. Yeah. So that I like that they, between uh, Linda and Stacy working at the pizza place and then Brad having his jobs and, and whatever, and then Damone scalping tickets and then um, what's the name, Rat working at the theater. Yeah. And then the whole thing, psych, uh, 
being focused on the mall, which if you show that to a kid now who is, you know, or maybe not now, but a kid five years from now, when, when he was all of a sudden 18, he'd be like, that. I don't think a kid now could grasp that. But, and as a 35 year old, I hate them all. I, there's nowhere I'd rather, no, nowhere I'd want to be, nowhere I'd want to be less. But when I was in high school and when you were in high school, in middle school, it was cool. the mall was so everything. Your friends just walk around. Yeah. No, 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 thing. Just walk around. Yep. yep. I used to walk around and get free samples from like the pretzel place. And you'd like take a lap, get a free sample. Get a new hat. Get, get a yeah, hat. Take, take, take your hat, hat off. Hat. Yep. Yep. <laughs> walk around again. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that's it for, that's all I had for random facts. What did you have down for stuff that wouldn't fly if they made the movie today? Or you would stuff you'd have to change? They all look like they're 30. If you just kind of talk, but not all of them. A good a half of them look like they're 30. Um, I think to, if, to elaborate on that real quick, the, what makes that even worse, I totally agree with you, but half of them look like they're 30 or 35. And then there's a few of them that look like they're 15 yeah. or 16 or 17. Yeah. So it makes the whole thing way creepier. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah, go ahead. That kind of leads you into the next part we just mentioned. And the 15-year-old Stacy having sex with the older guy was very cringe and very much yikes. <laughs> so Yes. So, and I'm going to elaborate on that as well. So the plot line of a 15-year-old girl having sex isn't great, but I don't think it's really the problem. I could deal with it if that was it, if it was a story, or even if it was like they showed the lead up to it and then it right. was whatever. But what really made me like kind of not it not upset seeing me like it I was actually mad. happen well seeing it happen and seeing a girl who jennifer jason lee who wasn't 15 in reality she was like i said i think she was 18 but she's laying there fully naked and she looks it twice she has two scenes where this happens pretty much yeah. and she looks like a 15 year old girl so and then the guy well the guy from Ron, the, whatever his name is yeah the guy that she initially hooks up with he looks 47 yeah and he's he hooks up with there and then damone he looks 30 and it's it's just it's it gives you and if you think if you haven't watched this in a while and you think we're being like overly sensitive first of all i'm not i'm the last person to complain about something like this watch it again and tell me you don't go like uh they could have done what they could have done without that they could have just told you what happened and right show him sitting up maybe, maybe kissing yeah on, on the on the bench and then just like be like and then we did it or something like that and like go in the dialogue show her like show her like laying in bed after like under the blankets or something yeah you don't you don't see many instances in in movies of a girl laying there fully naked period like right. even a, even adult because it just she looks like super vulnerable and it's it's just i don't know it's uncomfortable yeah. but um Speak going from my least favorite scene to what did you have down for your 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 favorite scene? I had honestly any scene with Spicoli or Brad were great, especially the couple scenes they shared together. Spicoli is completely ridiculous, but Sean Penn played him perfectly, and I think it's safe to say we've all known someone like that growing up. And Brad was maybe the most relatable one on some one one um some instances being the nerdy Mark. But you're constantly rooting for Brad during his short scenes, and he's a really loyal brother. And we see, uh, as we see with him hiding the flowers for his sister and then keeping yep. her parents a secret. Um, but I really love the scene in the movie when Spicoli crashes the car and says, I can fix this. Then he looks out the window to see the car hood completely destroyed, only confirming that he can indeed fix it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so good. It gets me every single time. Yeah. No, it's, it's classic. And, and I agree with, 
I agree with the Brad thing because he's kind of just like a he's like a lovable loser for most of it and then so you, you almost don't really he doesn't mean anything to you but then when he bails his sister out and really like comes up because he gives her he helps her out he gives her a ride to what he thinks is the bowling alley and then he sees that she's crossing the street and he could have just been like whatever I'll be back at the bowling alley in an hour but he's like no something's up with my sister I gotta go I gotta help her out. So you wait, you know, he, and you wait there for her to come back <clears> out. So it's like yeah. little things like that. They they talk about in this in this description, the summary that Mark is the good guy, and I agree with that. But Brad is, I think, the good good guy in this whole scenario. Like he's just like his focus is, you know, he just wants to work. He has he's looking for different jobs to make money. He's loyal to his sisters, and so it's like it's I don't know. It's Brad is the unsung hero in this movie, and he's also the despite the fact that he looks. 40 years old he <laughs> i think he's the most accurate other than his like how old he looks he's the best representation of what a 17 18 year old kid is like jumping from job to job none of them too too glamorous and you know whatever but yeah no, i agree with that um so before my before i talk about my favorite scene i mentioned this a little bit earlier but i think my favorite part of the film is stacy and linda's friendship um, just because it's cool to see a nice, like, pleasant girl friendship in a high school movie. But um, my favorite scene is the ending, and it's two parts. It's where Hamilton stops the robbery, and then we get that that part's just funny, and he's like, "All right, Hamilton," and whatever. Wait, that yeah. Part's, yeah, that part's funny. But then it transitions to um, giving an update on like what everyone else is doing in life. And oh, this guy's so working. Good. Yeah. Those updates it's, are great. <laughs> they are. And, and that was one of the moments where you see how much this film like influenced other movies, because I immediately thought of can't hardly wait. Can't hardly wait. It's one of my favorite like high school comedies. And it's pretty much stole the ending right from this. And I'm not knocking can't hardly wait. It's just, you were influenced by it. And, and I think all high school movies were, and that's how it works. You know what I mean? So um, that was probably my my if I had to pick a favorite scene, just that the ending scene in general where Brad has got his new job and and then it transitions into that. Damone's got caught scalping and is now working at 7 <laughs> Eleven. Right. And I guess to well, we'll get into this in a little bit, but um what did you what did you have down for the soundtrack? I would think that I have a, I have a small thing, but I it's the soundtrack captures the ace perfectly, especially after listening to some of the tracks today. I loved it. Somebody's Baby by Jackson Brown. So much in love by Timothy Schmidt, uh, which I loved. American I don't Girl. know. Huh? American Girl by Tom Petty. American Girl by Tom Petty. And then the that song came it, on, I was like, fucking right. Let's oh, go. The soundtrack is awesome in this movie. Like, I, I, I don't need to say a whole lot because I think we all know that the soundtrack is really good in this movie. <laughs> no decade. I think we've said this before, but no decade did soundtracks like the 80s. It's, it, was a, it seemed like it was the peak is where like there were these great songs but you could afford to put them in your movies. You know, now to put like a, a, a hit song in your movie, it just costs too much. Or I, don't, I mean, I don't know the whole reasoning, but it, you don't, you never see it anymore. What do you have? I think you might have meant to, for your least favorite thing. Now the thing you could change, was it Damone? Is that, was that the, was that, was that what you're getting at before with Damone's character? Or is that? It is, it is, but I have, there's multiple, there's a few levels to it. So Robert Romanus, Romanus, whatever. Uh, I don't remember the guy that plays Damone. I don't remember the last time I hated a character so much in, in like such a short amount of screen time. I mean, he's a big part of the movie, but um, he, he was just so horrible. And so I don't like his personality in general. That's, so that's 
that's one thing, but that's really nothing. But so first he, he sleeps with a girl that his good friend is going for his good friend who, by the way, isn't a ladies man. It's not like these are the two, this isn't like a, she, a she's all that situation where you have like Freddie Prince Jr. and Paul Walker and they both could probably get any girl they want and he takes one of them. It's like this rat doesn't have a million girls throwing themselves at him. And this is the one that he's really focusing on and you take it from rat. That's messed up. So first that, first he sees with the girl that his good friend is going for. Then he's avoiding her. Like he won't even talk to her in the halls before he even finds out the, that she's pregnant. Then he almost gets in a fight with his friend over it. Then the girl tells him she's pregnant and he's a total asshole to her in that moment before eventually agreeing to split the cost, blah, blah, blah. Then he bails on that. But then here's the thing. I think I can almost see where they were trying to go with it because I think, and I could be giving uh, them too much credit here, but I think what they were trying to do is they were trying to show him as like this big guy who tries to play smooth and play like a salesman and whatever and then he they should have spent more time making him look like the scared little coward that he was when the whole pregnancy thing happened because they do they do the moment where he's calling his friends looking for money and he can't get it and then she calls and her mother says um that he's out in the garage with his father or something like that and if they spent more time and they showed him like break down a little bit more and just make him look, like I said, like a scared, clueless little kid, it would have, if they made him look more vulnerable, more stressed, it would have made, the whole plot line would have made sense. I, I, when I first watched this, I was like, if I could change one thing about this movie, I would remove the whole thing about the abortion and the pregnancy and whatever. But then when I watched it the second time, I was like, I can see what they were going for, I think. But I think if they did it differently, it would have had a more of a, a punch. Right. And I, I, like you said, I think when he's trying to get old payments, you know, that are due to him, I think that part is kind of like, okay, he's trying, but then the next day he walks out for school, like nothing happened. He still like has that swag. He walks to his car. He sees no prick run on it. But like before the, he like walks, like nothing ever happened. Nothing's changed. So it's like, he maybe just be a scumbag in the end. Oh no, he's totally a scumbag. No. Yeah. But like, almost like you said, like he tries and he's just like, okay, I can't do it. That's it. It's a, it's a total, it's a it's like face paint. He he right. he walks out and tries to play like, oh, nothing bothers me. I'm this cool East Coast guy. So what I would have liked is I would have liked if they had him have that like walk out to his car, like walk into his house, like especially if they made him look like extra cool, like ah, oh, you know, nothing bothers me, and then have him go into his room and freak out. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and or have him have a moment with Stacy where he's like, I am so sorry, I don't have the money, and you know that yeah. that the whole plot, that whole part of the plot would have meant more i guess and i agree yeah if they it, would, it would have been more human more right. right but what did you have down i have uh these characters all go to the same school and while they're complete uh they're all completely different personality wise it would be cool to see some crossover scenes with everyone together there's a couple like background shots in, like the classroom just but a, or just the pool yeah exactly the, yeah exactly it's like it'd be kind of a cool way to just kind of see them all at once um but that's a small thing because I know it's really like this is how high school really is. Everyone has probably their own clique. Um, I love the runtime of this film, but I feel like some of the characters could have definitely used a bit more screen time, like Charles Jefferson, played by young Forrest Whitaker, which isn't the first movie with a young Forrest Whitaker we discussed in the podcast we talked about. Um, the jock role is a big part of high school, and I kind of want to see more of that from him because we don't really have a specific jock role. Uh, 
Charles Rivson was that was that character. I wish he had a little more screen time. Um, but this movie could have actually just been a little bit longer, and I think it would have been great with a little bit more fleshed out characters. Yeah, I agree with you about the the Forrest Whitaker thing. And there's, I would say that the, he could have used either more time or less time. Either, either give him more time and and have him be a more part of the movie, or just don't have him in the movie. Right. I feel like the jock role is so big in high school. And like they, I feel like that's one of the personalities that they should have had someone had. Like we have, I'm trying to think maybe um, Lynn, uh, what um, Stacey's friend might be the closest thing to a jock in the movie, I guess. She's popular. She's pretty. But we yeah. only have like a, 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 a jock, like an actual jock character in this film, really. No, I, I wonder, I wonder if this is a little bit of a hindsight 2020 thing because Forrest Whitaker has become so successful. Like I wonder if, he was just some guy if we would still think this because at the time he was just some guy because this is 82 so he did vision quest the year after this color of money year after that platoon also in 86 uh good morning vietnam in 87 blood sport in 88 so this was the beginning of forest whitaker so i think part of the reason it bothers us as much as it does is because you're like it's like what i said about jennifer aniston in office space like why are you putting Jennifer Aniston in this movie and then not giving him that much time? And so we're saying, why are you putting Forrest Whitaker in this movie and not giving him that much oh, time? No, oh, he was great in it, but I just want to see more of the jock personality. I think in high school, it's such a big, like, dick, like the traditional dick jock. I want to see more of that, I think. Yeah. And he wasn't even really a dick. He, was, he wasn't. He was kind of the victim of Spicoli's <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> impaired driving. And... He was very full of himself, but I think that's how all right. jocks are. Yes. Joe. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of jocks, Joe, to go to back to video games, you excited for MLB Twenty One? It comes okay. out and it comes out in like three weeks. Three weeks from today. I assume, I assume you're getting it. Is it? I you, don't get what huh? you're getting it right. You're, yeah, you, yeah. Okay. I don't get why to sidetrack into video games for a second. Why okay, are you really? <laughs> why are you releasing the video the the baseball video game three weeks after the season starts? I know you think does that not it. make sense to anyone like am i the only one that's like that's kind of weird because it gives you less time with a new game so yeah that's true and yeah, that's it um so i gotta anyway. say though speaking okay. of uh podcasts and jock jocks all that just announced that last week rachel bilson and melinda clark who played summer roberts and julie cooper from the oc are having their own OC podcast, just like the Scrubs, Zach Braff and Donald Faison. They're going through each episode with different special guests, and I am fully on board. <laughs> just like Scrubs, just like The Office, just yep. like Saved by the Bell. Keep just them, keep like I think, I think Entourage has one. Oh, I know that. Yeah, I think I saw some of that the other day. That keep it coming, man. Has one. I want to relive these shows and like with different perspectives, like insights with all of them. It's so they're so fun to listen to. I um I'm subscribed to um. Oh my God! Save by the Bell one um, with with uh, Mark Paul Gossler, uh, Zach to the Future, yes. and um, I'm I've listened to every episode so far, and the one that he just released today actually um, is the the Save by the Bell episode. It's going to be interesting. I haven't listened to it yet, but it's going to be interesting how they tackle this because it's the one where Zach uh, finds out or thinks that he's like part Native American. And he, have you, did you ever see that episode? No, he's I like, never, I never like, watched it from, I only watched episodes out of order, but. Dude, it's, it's at the time, it didn't, it, it, it doesn't bother me. And at the time it definitely didn't bother me, 
but in today's culture it's going to be so interesting to hear him be like oh this i watched this and i cringe you know what i mean but is he um, uh, is he reviewing watching every episode say by the bell yeah oh, okay wow yep it's him and um it's him and a guy who's a writer on the on the new version of the show um i named dashel and so they who who grew up dashel grew up a huge fan of say by the bell and yeah they're just going through the whole show but oh, cool anyway back to film <laughs> uh this is the part of the podcast where we give our score on a scale of one to five would you mind paying a late fee to see uh for this movie so a score of one is you're going to get a couple minutes in and you're going to return the film uh because you, you just think it's stupid and you don't want to pay a late fee you don't even want to finish it all the way up to the score of five which is i'm going to keep this an extra day or two watch this movie a few times to get the the depth of the film like i did which most people would laugh at um yeah, pay a fee for a few days, maybe even just buy it from the store. So, on a scale of one to five, Joe, what did you what did you think of uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High? I gave it a four. Um, this was Cameron Crowe's first written movie, and his career only took off from there with hit after hit. It jumps out the careers of a lot of these actors, and for good reason. It's kind of age dramedy that, despite a couple of things, has aged surprisingly well. Um, knowing Cameron went undercover at a high school to learn about all these diverse personalities. Uh, really captured and captured them perfectly in this film was I think a big impact and what made us so feel so real. The film, the film, uh, the film's comedy is great, but the serious moments mostly revolving around Stacey's character are often overlooked. I feel like, but for a film that came out in 1982, it still holds up very, very well. I think. Wow. I am. So before we started recording, I said to Joe, I was like, Oh, I'm interested to see what you thought about or think about this one. And he said like, Oh, I liked it. I would have never guessed that you would have given this a four. I mean, I, I, I really, I like, I think I liked how it would go from comedy, but not forget about the serious moments of high school because there are some serious moments in high school, not always really, really pretending this like relationships, but. Right. No, I, I agree. With you. Actually, yes. Yeah, like it's, I think I forgot about all the dramatic elements in this movie. And I think that's what made me like really think like, wow, this is a pretty good balanced film. Yeah. No, I agree. I also, spoiler, I also gave this one a four. And, um Shane in Maine, Maine craft beer, Shane. When he when you sent the list, this is the one that I wanted to do the most, but I'll be honest, I didn't I was very unsure of what I was gonna how I was gonna rate it. I knew I wasn't gonna trash it because I I remembered enough funny parts from it that I was like, oh it'll be entertaining. But re-watching it the first time, my score for this one jumped around as much or more than any film that we reviewed because there were moments, like I said, when, um, when, uh, when she's laying there, when uh, Stacy's laying there naked and there were moments that are just, they kind of made you cringe and because it was so uncomfortable, but they're supposed to. Um, and yeah, so there are things that made me hate it. And, and, and then, like I said earlier, it bothered me when rat forgave Damone kind of at the dance when I wanted him to punch him in the face, Damone in general, you know, but that's what he's supposed to do. You're supposed to hate him. And then, uh, the eighties nostalgia, Phoebe Cates as a friend and Phoebe Cates as a babe. The soundtrack, like it was just. I I know it sounds crazy if you haven't watched this in a while, but there really are like kind of a few different levels to this one, and I really enjoyed it. I'm not perfect, but as far as a ninety minute film, it tackles some tough topics in an interesting way, and it inspired a whole generation of of eighties movies. And and it, this is the blueprint, like we said, this is the framework for a lot of other movies. 
uh, I liked it a lot and not for the reasons that I thought I would. So thank you very much, Shane. Yes. Thank you, Shane. Thank you for the great list of films. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we'll definitely uh, tackle a few more in the future. Um, if you have any other suggestions, or if Shane has any suggestions or anyone else has any suggestions, you don't have to wait for us to ask a question on Instagram. Just send us a message worth a tree on Instagram. Suggestions are always welcome. Um, oh, I before it. I forget, the beer was really good. Unreal. So not surprising from single cut and battery steel. Uh, but were you going to say something? I was going to say, Shane, uh, I will at some point be reviewing or be picking my never to a row. So <laughs> just, that's what Eric knows. Eric's not big animation. So I'll be interested to see his, his take on an animated film. Can't wait. Can't wait. So excited. But <laughs> follow, us, follow us and send us a, a, a message on where to leave anyone with a recommendation. We'll be back next week and we're going to be, it's, this is kind of a pick that Joe already made because we, uh, Shane cut to the front of the line, but Joe, remind the people again, the next movie that we're going to be doing. Last Action Hero, because it is coming out in 4K pretty soon. So it'd be a good time to revisit this one. So we'll be back next week with Last Action Hero and back into the, the normal swing of things. But really seriously, thank you for anyone that sent in his suggestions. And in this case, it was Shane. Thanks, and Shane. Uh, thanks guys for listening. We'll be back next week. As always, thank you.